Welcome to the Using the Whole Whale podcast, where we learn from leaders about new ideas and digital strategies making a difference in the social impact world. This podcast is a proud production of Whole Whale, a B Corp digital agency. Thank you for joining us. Now, let's go learn something. This week on the podcast, I am being joined by a special guest, Emma. Emma is our uh, digital advertising strategist here at Whole Whale, who's going to be filling in for George on this week's nonprofit news podcast. Emma, how are you? I'm doing really great today. How are you? I'm doing well. We're going to be talking about new Department of Justice rules today, public benefits, so why don't you start us off with our first at-a-glance story? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the Department of Justice is looking at changing um, the new rules regarding the Foreign Agents Registration Act. Um, and that act was originally um, created to minimize the influence of foreign countries and organizations in 1938 during World War II. But now... Uh, many nonprofits are raising concerns that they will be considered foreign agents due to their funding sources. Um, and many major groups, including the ACLU and the AFP, have delivered warnings to the DOJ during this open comment period. Um, and so they're just worried about the, the repercussions that this new um, proposed change would, would do. Absolutely. That's a great summary. This is really important. And what's interesting to me is you see a lot of organizations that may not necessarily often find themselves uh, in working together, um, actually raising the alarm on this. Um, AFP, the ACLU, the National Resources Defense Council as well. So some big advocacy organizations um, have kind of joined forces to offer in essence, what's a, a warning to the Department of Justice saying, hey, the overzealous use of uh, the Foreign Agents Reg Registration Act um, can have downstream consequences for nonprofits. I think that foreign funding of policy think tanks in particular is a big problem. Um, when you start looking at think tanks, particularly in the foreign policy space in Washington, D.C., there is a ton of foreign money pouring into them. And those are tax-exempt organizations, and it's definitely a problem. Um, but it seems here that the emphasis on nuance in administering these rules will be really important. So this is something that we will keep an eye on, but this goes back to larger threads about how money can circulate through politics um, via nonprofits, peddle influence, um, and, and all sorts of those themes. But really interesting story. This is reporting from Axios and definitely a story and thread we will continue to follow. Thank you, Emma. What is our next story? So our next story I'm actually pretty excited about. Um, it centers around Patrice Berry, who is a nonprofit entrepreneur. And um, she has built this amazing app. Um, and this app allows people to access benefits. Um, it's called Assist Hub. And it's essentially a virtual assistant to help people bridge the gap between the public 
and also the public benefits. Um, and there's an astounding $60 billion in public assistance that goes unclaimed. Um, and so she is helping connect these people um, to more assistance since we all know how long it takes to actually get on the phone or to actually contact anybody um, to acquire the assistance that you need. Um, and so she's created this awesome app that helps with all of that. Yeah, I agree. This is awesome tech. And I think we've seen similar stories before um, of tech and nonprofit entrepreneurs trying to bridge the gap um, between the public and public benefits. And here we see Patrice Berry doing just an awesome job with that, with the Assist Hub, Assist Hub app. And I especially like these stories because Emma, we worked at, at a tech company. Um, we care deeply about um, using tech for good. And this is, I think, at the essence of what we love about it and the the opportunities that it can afford. Um, making the, the labyrinthine bureaucracy of federal benefits accessible to everyone, um, to me, is one of the most noble ways you can use tech. And this app does a great job at that. And in many ways, I think it humanizes people, right? Um, like it can be demoralizing and confusing um, to kind of go through that process, whether it be applying for various public assistance programs, this, that, and whatever. Um, but like a well-made, well-designed app um, kind of makes folks feel seen. Um, and I think that that is really important. So I definitely agree with you there. Some awesome technology. Yeah, definitely. Great. Why don't we? Yeah. Why don't we move along to the summary? What's our first story there? Yeah. So we are now looking at um, an article that discusses that 20% of all nonprofits urge people to vote. That is... A big number. Emma, I'm curious, would you think it would be higher or lower? I thought it would be higher. You thought it would be higher. Interesting. That's actually higher than I thought it would be. <laughs> ah. um, but that's and that that's quite all right. I think, but I think the story here and this story from philanthropy.com, um, I think the call out is that nonprofits, particularly nonprofit. Um, social service organizations and human service organizations, um, they have they have a stake in the game. They have a stake in this electoral process. When it comes down to voting on expanding the um, uh, you know tax credit for for children, um, all different sorts of of federal public benefit programs, nonprofits are often on the front lines of seeing the impacts, benefits, um, and, and downstream effects of federal programs and voting and participating in the electoral process is really important. Um, so great to see that. I think we would both want it to be higher. Um, but yeah, I think that's really important. And going into, of course, um, this, which going to be shaping up to be, and is already is shaping up to be a pretty contentious um, midterm cycle in 2022. Um, primaries are 
soon to be underway, um, that we will probably start to see more nonprofits engaging in substantive policy issues. If we go back to the midterms in 2018, um, largely what was driving that was not necessarily um, political brands or um, there wasn't one you know, cult of personality around one figure. It was really questions about policy. It was debates about healthcare and access to different services and that sort of thing. So it'll be interesting to see the role in which nonprofits play um, in the upcoming election. But it remains to be seen. I make no predictions. <laughs> Never <Yeah>. predicting anything <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um well, moving into um, some more political territory, um, we have an article from Spiked that discusses and asks the question, why is the left silent on Trudeau's crackdown with the um, trucker protest in Canada? Um, and it kind of discusses um, and also begs the question if civil liberties have been sacrificed to the culture war. So what do you what do you have to say about that today, Nick? Ooh, this is interesting. Um, our esteemed uh, regular host of this podcast, George, is not with us today, but he's with us in spirit because I believe he is the one who's picked this article <laughs> to be featured within our newsletter and in many ways, it was a follow-up from our conversation last week in which we talked about the disruptive nature of the protests and how they've essentially, the protesters have essentially shut down cities, um, are blocking international trade, and that sort of thing. But I think this article does well to speak to the fact that um, we, on the flip side of that, there are complicated questions around civil liberties and civil protest, and um, that we might praise disruptive protests around the world in other countries. Um, Ukraine is a democracy right now because of extremely intense civil and disruptive protests back in 2014. Um, the Arab Spring, this, that, whatever protests that we often view positively are disruptive. Um, so uh, an interesting take um, that helps, I think, contextualize um, how we view protests and whether or not they're disruptive or allowed or not um, is definitely, definitely interesting. I do not agree with it. I think there's a difference between um, protests and what's essentially an occupation. Like, I think there's a difference between protests and shutting down trade across international borders, which was essentially what was happening. But interesting story, nonetheless. And I think it helps um, keep us in perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, moving right along here to our next article, which um, discusses there's been um, a nonprofit that's been created to handle the opioid settlement plan. Um, and they actually, this foundation, um, will receive 72% of the funds and um, be handling the lawsuits associated with um, this settlement. Yeah, this is a really interesting story coming from 
the Bluefield Daily Telegraph out of Bluefield, West Virginia. Um, but I think that's really interesting. And we've talked many times on this show about the opioid crisis, the various settlements, the role of nonprofits, and even propagating that crisis. Um, but it's interesting here that the settlement money, um, what was that number, 70-something percent of it, is going to be um, kind of entrusted with a nonprofit foundation um, to kind of do what's best by the community. Um, of course, the opioid crisis ravaged so many communities across these United States. And um, it's great to see a nonprofit filling that gap and being trusted here um, to kind of do the be an accountable, responsible solution um, and, and vehicle for this money to undo or at least mitigate some of the damage of, of what's been done. Um, so a really interesting story here. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> um, all right, then our, our next article um, from actually the nonprofit Times um, deals with the deal that has been completed to acquire um, for the City of Hope to acquire the Cancer Network. Um, and so this organization serves approximately 115,000 patients each year. Um, so this is finalized now. Yes, and I'm not an expert in um, in in, in uh, you know hospital management or anything like that, but this is another example of organizations kind of combining forces. Um, in this case, through the vehicle of a nonprofit um, to essentially increase impact here. Um, and this is a trend that we've been seeing um, over the past couple of years, and we've been tracking on this podcast, is um, various tax-exempt organizations um, consolidating, in effect, um, to, to kind of increase impact, um, sharing of resources, um, and this case, um, hopefully improving how cancer care is delivered. Um, so interesting story to keep track of from the nonprofit times. Emma, I'm going to finish us off with a feel good story. Um, this is a story from the star Herald and it's talked about how a Nebraska veteran is having his home rebuilt. Um, uh, this Army veteran, Timothy Kramer, um, Staff Sergeant Timothy Kramer, I should say, um, was injured during um, tours in the Middle East as um, a military uh, uh, police officer um, in the 25th Infantry Division um, in Iraq, and that this nonprofit from Massachusetts is helping um, him rebuild his, his home um, and, and make it more accessible. Um, so I think this is really cool. We talk about, we love to support veterans on this podcast, and we, we find that oftentimes it's nonprofits that are filling really critical needs um, for our veterans. So a great story, great work, um, touches on a, a lot of different facets of uh what we like to talk about here on the podcast, but a great story nonetheless. That does it for us at the podcast this week. 
Um, this is a proud production of Whole Whale at wholewhale.com and is brought to you by the Fundraising Automation Strategies course. You can't automate empathy, but you can automate a thank you. Um, learn more by signing up for our newsletter at nonprofitnewsfeed.com or going to wholewhale.com to learn about this course and the many others offered at Whole Whale University. We'll see you next week. This has been Using the Whole Whale podcast. If you want to keep learning more about these topics and others, head on over to wholewhale.com university to keep learning with us. Thanks as always to gregthomasmusic.org for his tunes that underwrite our tracks. They're fantastic. Hope you're doing well, Greg. And just a reminder, subscribes really help us on any platform that you listen to us on. Please give a thought to click and subscribe and maybe even a comment because we like hearing from you. 